Hello, and welcome to episode 118 of The Nerd Out. I'm Lisa. I'm Rich Pete. We're girls. We are here to nerd out with you, and we have a special guest who we will get to in just a second. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find us on the internet, social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, The Nerd Out. Uh, we also have a website, thenerdout.com, where you can find show notes pictures, interesting tidbits. You can also stream. Uh, you can stream the podcast from there should you want to. Not find us otherwise on Stitcher and iTunes. And, oh, Ritzy, would you oh. like to share the new oh, news? Excuse me. Oh, we're on Spotify now, kids. We're on Spotify <laughs> now. Um, yeah. we, T.I. and I are going to be working on a little trailer because they want you to put a little trailer together for it, and we're going to be working on that soon. And, yeah, we're on Spotify. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Soon to be on TuneIn, tune in, if you guys know what that is. I didn't know that you could have podcasts on Spotify. Oh. Does everyone know that? I don't um, know, but I knew that. <laughs> okay. Well, this is a good time to consult our uh, very special guest, who is uh, my friend and now our friend, Eric. Welcome, Eric. Woo! Hello. Burr, 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 burr. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Did you know that there were podcasts on Spotify? I I actually did, and um, for a while my podcast app, my Apple one stopped working, and so I had to switch to Spotify, and it's actually terrible because Spotify is not really set up, organized for podcasts and queuing them up. You know, it, it tries to play them randomly like it does music and things like that. I didn't like it very much for the one week or whatever I had to try it, so. But if it works well, for anyone else, fine. Yeah. Listen to the nerd out wherever you can. So. For, for yes, those of exactly. you who are super special, um, you can listen to it on Spotify. Uh, so we have Eric here and we have teased this for a little while and now it's happening. We have Eric here to discuss the Watchmen, watching the Watchmen. And the reason I will give some bona fides to Eric um, he is the person who gave me the Watchmen comic to read. Ooh. Like a hundred years ago. And um, although maybe not a hundred, but I'm guessing it was probably like 15 years ago, maybe longer. Anyhow. um, And he gave it to me and he gave me some like tantalizing tidbits about it, which have always stayed with me. And I obviously really enjoyed the comic. And um, I am one of the few people maybe who enjoyed the movie. And I enjoyed the hell out of the HBO series and was super excited about it and was like, Eric, are you watching The Watchmen? And (laughs) once he finally did, then I was like, we have to have you on the show. Uh, Eric, would you define yourself as a fan of The Watchmen? Yes. And I actually, I do like the movie. Um, I don't think it's great. I enjoyed the movie. Uh, It is what it is. I think we, I, maybe. Uh, how long ago was that? I don't even know there was a movie. Um, that movie came out in 2009. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I think I think we saw it at the Arclight. Mm. That's highly probable, actually. Highly probable. <laughs> uh, how did you get introduced to The Watchmen? I mean... Originally, it was when the comics started coming out in 1986, which mm-hmm. basically, you know, dates me right there. Um, <laughs> but 
Um, yeah, it was it was a big deal for the the nerd culture back then, which was a lot smaller than it is now, obviously. But it was all the buzz at the comic book shop at the time, <laughs> and um, I I bought the issues as they came out ah. new over that like you know year or so that was happening. Cool. Um, okay. Well, before we get into talking about um, our own experiences watching The Watchmen and um, all kinds of interesting things Watchmen related, we do have some questions that we typically ask our special guests. Um, all right. Uh, and for those of you who are regular listeners, you may notice that um, we're gonna we're gonna change things up a little bit. Uh, Ritzy, would you like to share the reason why we are doing that? Yes, because uh, one of our favorites, uh, James Lipton, passed, went into the the, the cosmos, and uh, so we won't be hearing the, the the questions anymore. So we wanted to continue the in the tradition of asking these questions and then mixing it up with a little bit of ours, like a remix, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there right. are there are a couple in particular that Eric, I thought you would enjoy. So, um, I'll, I'll go first. I'll go first. What is your favorite word? Oh my gosh. Um, see already I'm like, Oh, I'm going to be judged on this in so many different ways. I will say, um, I've always been fond of the word luminous. Luminous. That's Mm. nice. Yeah. That's a nice word. Um, could you tell I'm like an art school kid (laughs) (laughs) that I I wrote poetry at some point in my life? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Snap, snaps. Okay. Yeah, I did that. Oh, uh, what is your least favorite word? Oh my gosh. Um, that's pretty hard these days. Um, and coronavirus. Yeah. It's, it's not one of the, it's not one of my favorites. Um, you know, I'm not going to go. Obviously, there's there's all the, the words that everyone hates, um, and and your racist words, and your hateful words, and, and all that other stuff. So um, instead of those, I'm going to. I think a lot of people actually hate this word, moist. I was going to say moist, moist is a word that yeah. I do not. I do I, not like that word. I think I I said that, and you can couple it with my other least favorite word for like a real unfavorite expression, and that is moist panties. <laughs> oh, so, oh, I'm Sorry. like, oh, that makes it better somehow. <laughs> uh, okay, what turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Oh my gosh, I I am very much one of those. Um, God, what do they call? It? I think it's called like a sapiophile, where you're really attracted to um, to intelligence and and creativity. And like, there's like, I think one of the like hottest expressions in the world is like five time Jeopardy champion. You know, I'm just like, Ooh, <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that kind of thing. Where I'm just like, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> so definitely, I, I know that's kind of like you know shallow, and there's there's plenty of other. I, I'm as I'm as uh, I'm as shallow as everyone else is, you know, in terms of like, yeah, there's there's like physical things or whatever, but um, but the thing that will set some someone apart is if they're like really clever and and uh, and knowledgeable, witty. That helps too. Witty, okay, okay. What turns you off? Um, and I, I feel 
feel like I'm going to give a Miss America answer. <laughs> um, um, but, um, you know, there's, there's, it's, it's, there's a lot of it these days. Um, the kind of like basically almost the opposite of that people who are very, um, close-minded anti-intellectual, um, opposed to, um, this is a bad time for people who feel the way that I do about these things. Um, and a lot of us, um, but really the people who have this weird sort of skepticism about intelligence um, and, and almost a fear of it, uh, that is something that, that bothers me a lot and that I'm, that I'm afraid of and that I run into all the time on Facebook and everywhere else. So. Yeah. Okay, good it's one. Common. Thank you. Uh, is it my turn? Yeah. Um, what is your favorite curse word? Oh, I mean, well, it's got to be motherfucker is is obviously like, you know, all time great. But personally, um, because I'm from Texas, fuck all y'all is like my number one thing. Um, And apparently the combination of of all and y'all is a specifically Texas thing. um, And it's never used in a positive way. So it's not like are all y'all going to get donuts? It's like, instead, it's like, all y'all need to cut that the hell out. Or, you know, uh, all y'all need to settle down. Or, fuck all y'all for being like that. You know, <laughs> it, it really is something that I think I've only used when very drunk. Um, so, but, Okay, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, what sound or noise do you love? Um... The cat purring is like a great thing. If if I could have like a looped recording of that, uh, I would sleep much better. Uh, and instead, I tried to use the cat as a pillow, and it's not. It doesn't work out. Uh, so yeah, they're not into it. What sound or noise do you hate? Uh, you know, I'm super sensitive to. Um, to a lot of noises, like when I'm working and trying to focus and things like that, um, just about anything. Oh, I know what I hate. Um, the, the, um, the vocal fry, um, is something that really grates on me. And I know that I've been told that there, this might have slightly like misogynist, like bassist or something like that, but that, that whole manner of speech, and it might be a generational thing too, maybe, but, um, that sort of high pitched, um, slightly throaty way of speaking. Um, just, I can't take it. It's hard. Uh I agree with you, and I also respect your call-out to the potential misogynistic roots of that. (laughs) I try. (laughs) Um, What profession other than your own would you like to attempt, and what is your profession? Oh, my gosh. Um, Is this like an actual like to attempt or in my like wildest dreams kind of thing? In your wildest dreams. But I don't know what you do. I don't think we, we went over that. No. Um, so I'm a, I'm a creative director, which is basically like a, a, what happens if you're a graphic designer long enough and they keep promoting you. <laughs> um, and, and I do marketing. I used to do, I used to do magazines and, uh, there just aren't enough of those around anymore to give me a job. Um, so yeah, I, I, I come up with marketing campaigns and do things like that. Um, what I would like to do, I, I mean, I always wanted to, to go into science, mm-hmm. um, 
when I was a kid, like being a scientist was like my thing. I, I really thought I was going to do it. And then at some point in high school, I got the idea in my head that I was really bad at math, which it turned out wasn't exactly true. It was just that I had, it, I don't know, at some point in college, like I had a math epiphany and I was really good at it at some point. Mm. So maybe it was just the way it was being taught or whatever, but I talked myself out of trying to pursue science. And it's one of those things that I've kind of regretted, but on the other hand, I'm fine and, and I'm employed. So I'm really happy about that right now. Nice. nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, what profession would you not like to do? You know, anything in which um, in which the majority of my my time was spent in meetings and trying to um, appease others. So I guess that would be like a middle upper upper management kind of thing. I was going to um, say my job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. But there have been times when people have tried to promote me into positions like that, and I've been like, no, that's not my, you know, it's not what I do. It's not what you really want me to do either. Um, so, <laughs> Okay, um, last, uh, last one of these, and then we go into some special ones. If the heaven exists, if heaven exists, if the heaven, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? <laughs> Um, you tried and that counts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, then we have two of our, our greatest hits from questions we previously asked. And um, this one I know because you are a giant nerd, you will appreciate. What fictional character would you most like to have sex with? Oh my God. <laughs> And it can, I mean, you know, me, a lot of it is like, what, do, what, would, what does like 17 year old, who is 17 year old Lisa have the hots for? So, yeah, you yeah. know, you can, you can use your imagination. You can go back. There's, there's a lot of that. And I think, um, I think you asked this question once just about who you're most attracted to or who your fictional crush was. Mm -hmm. uh, and at the time, and I think I'm going to stick with this one and say Lois Lane. Okay. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And last one, who in the Star Wars universe do you most identify with? Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, right now, I, I don't know if I identify this. I don't know. I, I just got blown away by the newest episode of The Clone Wars. I don't know if you guys are watching <laughs> that. But it was so good. And, and so I've been thinking about that all morning. Um, and so I want to say that it's like, oh, yeah, Ahsoka Tano, like my 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 favorite, like, Jedi uh, of the moment. But no, we have nothing in common. Uh, I can't really identify <laughs> with her at all. Um, That's OK. I, I'm you know, sometimes I feel like I'm more like uh, a wedge kind of character <laughs> um, <laughs> where it's like, you know, I'm there and I'm helping out and I'm important to the whole thing because they keep bringing me back, obviously. <laughs> Um, but on the other hand, I'm not trying to like, you know, hog, hog the plot line or whatever. Um, okay. all right. Okay. Questions. Uh, yeah. Well done. Thank you. Excellent. All right. I hope, I hope I did well. Yeah, I think you did. You passed. Okay. Um, so, okay guys, let's talk some Watchmen. Yeah. All right. Um, my my confession for the listeners is that I watched the first half of the season like two months ago and I watched the last three episodes this morning. 
So there are going to be some spotty parts in my memory. Um, as we have discussed on this before, having being under house arrest with someone who doesn't like the Watchmen, and we tend to watch most of our stuff together, means that I, it just it didn't, I didn't finish it until today. So there you go. Um, so that I'm definitely going to be asking you guys some questions like, remember when, um, <laughs> but so with that out of the way, uh, first of all, Eric, did you like it? I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, it's, I think it succeeded in a lot of things. Um, how's that? Um, and, yeah. um, and, and like a lot of shows these days in, in peak television, I want to applaud shows that, that do different things with narrative and structure and characters and plotting, even when it's not always successful. It's like, well, you had a plan here. You did something ambitious. And so you should be rewarded for that in some way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ritzy, what about you? I loved it, but I'm also, I don't, I didn't know anything going in. Like I went in which blindly, I, which is so interesting to me, like nothing. And people are like, you got to watch the Watchmen. And, and I was like, the only reason why I'm going to watch it is because I love myself some Regina King. I'll watch anything she's in. I feel like, you know, she really makes um, some great decisions when picking projects. <clears throat> and then I was like, I don't know what it's, this is about. And I saw kind of like the little tr- HBO trailer. Um, but my question, Eric, is so you read all the com like have they i don't know the history are have they ended are there more that are still being written so it was it was a 12 issue series originally um and an issue sort of for every hour on the doomsday clock um and then um dc comics being this big massive corporation couldn't leave well enough alone and they did some like maybe a good 15 years after it originally came out, possibly longer than that, they did sort of a prequel series about some mm-hmm. of the older characters um, that was very almost traditional superhero comic booky. It wasn't really like the original series was. And then in the past year or so, they've actually done a sequel that sort of unites the Watchmen in the normal DC Comics universe with Superman and Batman and stuff, oh. which... I was really skeptical about, but actually I think came out kind of good. They did sort of retcon all the Watchmen uh, as being this essential part of the DC universe at this Mm -hmm. point, especially when you have basically like a godlike character like Dr. Manhattan come in. It's like, you know, so I don't want to give away the, the, the crux of that thing, but I thought that they actually did, you know, like a lot of adaptations of Watchmen, it's like, well, they did about as good as you could expect someone to do from from this. Got it. Yeah, going in blindly, so, I loved it. I mean, I really loved it. I love, um, and then, you know, nerding out about it and seeing, at least just the show only, and seeing um, the, the showrunner's, uh, how he got to where he is and the writer's room and how he picked that. And it's just like, how is this right now? Like the blackest, most amazing show. Do you know what I'm saying? And it, and for me, it was like, I don't know the comics. I know this. And it's super important because I feel like everyone should watch, it, especially those of color. Cause I feel like it's talks about generational trauma. And, and I think that- Okay. 
one of the ways that the TV show succeeds is it doesn't try to do what the original comics or the movie does. It's a totally different thing. Mm. And people kept sort of asking, as familiar as I am with, with the comics, and I've read the whole thing probably, you know, a couple dozen times at this point. The first several episodes of the series, I had no more idea of what was going on than uh, you probably did. Like, there it. are certain things that you see and are like, oh, oh, is that this? Is this what's happening? Mm. It, oh, it's one of those things. But in terms of, like, the story and everything in the characters, until you get to maybe the third or fourth episode, it's you have no idea what the heck is going on. Like, it oh, doesn't cool. really connect until later. And did, did that upset you because since you're such a diehard where you're like oh, what the fuck is this shit you know it, it didn't but it sort of affected the way that i was viewing it because um because the original is this sort of multi-layered thing with all these threads running through it that connect that are really hard to like notice unless you you read it multiple times. So there's little yeah. visual references in one that might be in one frame. And then all of a sudden that echoes someplace else. And that's part of like the brilliance of the original is that it's got this really unique structure. So watching the initial episodes, I was obsessing about every little detail, mm-hmm. trying to figure out like, does this oh, like, mean something? What does this mm-hmm. mean? I was going, you know, and I think it kind of hampered my enjoyment a little bit, but at the same time, that was just the way that I went into it. So that I was going kind of crazy about some things like, you know, Angela's car is a Monte Carlo SS. And I was like trying to figure out exactly what year the the model was and mm. if that was somehow significant if <laughs> if technology had stopped developing because of Dr. Manhattan and Adrian Veidt or something like it's like does that mean something yeah. everything I was like <laughs> just trying to figure out all these tiny little things most of which meant absolutely nothing in the big picture so yeah yeah there was a lot of that for me although I think myself like probably most people who watched it and had familiarity with the comics like there was something by the end of the first episode I think I was like oh that's totally right I know it I know it and then I'm, like, I'm, yeah. I'm not the only person that knows it okay uh, but there was like I think the approaching it with some familiarity um of like the original comics like, I for sure was looking for, like, hints and pieces, but I liked the fact that it was, um, certainly for the first half of it, very, un, not very unrelated. Uh, didn't have a whole lot of tie-ins directly to the characters. Like, there were, um, like, the, um, uh, see, this is, when, this is what I'm going to need you to remind me. The owl guy. Night owl. Night yeah. owl, thank you. Um, like when, um, she's at the police station, there's a lot of like night owl stuff there. Like she has a night owl mug Mm. and they, um, in the, um, the spaceship craft that they're, that they're in was like night owls ride. And so it was like, Mm. like, I like some of like, Oh yeah. Okay. I remember this. Like, I like that it's a universe where these people were very important, but that they weren't directly in it. I thought that was cool. But then I liked the way that they brought some of the, some of the characters back anyway. I have a question for you too. Um, In the comics, do they go into like, how far does it go back? Do you, how did Lori and John get together and why did they break up or how did that go down? Do you guys know that? Yeah, that is, that is all in there, uh, in the original. And that, that is one of the 
like central parts of it. Um, and it covers several decades worth oh. of, of material, but, but there's a lot of flashbacks and they do a lot of playing around with like time frames and things like that. So there's a story about how like this group of superheroes came together and became the Watchmen and then how that, um, how they broke up and sort of what happened to them after that. And so, um, the whole, the, you know, the main plot is sort of Adrian Veidt manipulating this thing to try to save the world, but it goes back into a lot of those relationships and how all those things initially formed and, and fell apart. Why did apart. they break up? Um, they broke up because, he, in some ways, he was being a real inattentive jerk. Oh. Um, he was he was so obsessed with these projects and things that he was working on. And the idea is is that he was sort of losing touch with his humanity the longer he was around as as his god self. Oh. And so um, there's there's a scene in which um, in which they're having sex. And um, you see these hands on her, on her face, and then all of a sudden there's four hands on her face, and then all of a sudden she's being touched by six hands. And she gets up and realizes that he's, like, split himself into multiples. But not only is he doing that in the bedroom, he's also still in the laboratory working on his projects and things like that. And she's just like, you know, she kind of had it with him at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I thought um, one thing... One thing that I thought was very interesting and it didn't make sense to me until five minutes after I watched the last episode was um, Dr. Manhattan's humanity, which in the comics that I read, um, just the kind of OGs, like he, by the end of it, he is very distanced from people, obviously. Mm -hmm. And in this one, I was like, I don't understand. Like, why would he suddenly want to come back and fall in love with someone? Like, can he still fall in love with someone? And like, I didn't understand, um, kind of that whole thing. And I thought it seemed a little weird until the very, until I kind of thought about it for five minutes and started to get it. But I, I think it's really interesting that he was like, I mean, really absent from the entire series, except for the last two episodes. And like when, um, spoiler alerts for those of you who have not watched this, <laughs> turn it off now and go watch it. Um, when he's dying, oh, and he tells her that, like, he's experiencing all of the moments of their Ugh, relationship at that moment. Balling. Oh. Balling. Yeah. And I was like, where did all of this humanity of his come from? And I didn't really, I didn't really get it. And I was like, the only thing that makes sense, and I think this is probably it, is he knew that he needed to do that in order to experience love, in order to help Angela get to a place where she could be God. No. That's what yes. I'm taking. Possibly from. so. Yes. And there's there's kind of a sense that there was a part of him that was just pretending to not be a human. Like Vite keeps pointing out that he's got these faults, these character mm. flaws uh, that are very human in nature. Um, he's got these vulnerabilities that have been exploited in the past and so on. Um, and that he does suffer from from arrogance and jealousy and all these other things, which is actually very human. So it's sort of like, oh, he's got all these powers. Is he really beyond being human or is he just sort of denying that part of himself mm. because he's he can do anything he wants because he can rearrange atoms, you know, at will. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, do you guys do you guys think that she walked on water? Yeah. Yes. Totally. Yeah, I do. Yeah, me too. Totally. Yeah. 100%. Otherwise, what's the point? And I love the way they ended it. Like, she's like, the water just hits a little bit and then, boom. <laughs> yeah. I knew, I knew as they were like showing and the music was coming up, which was, by the way, I thought a terrible cover of I Am the Walrus. And <laughs> like, as her like foot, I was like, oh, yeah, they're going to end it. Yeah, Motherfuckers. So I was like, great. Great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it was Did, good. And also um, the part where, oh, there was something. Oh, when he, who was, someone was saying that, um, that you don't want to give the power of a God to somebody who would want it. Yeah. Right. And, that's Vite says that, like, yeah. I think in the last episode. Yeah. Um, in the very last episode, went after like awful Senator guy. And then um, what's her name? both are like trying like grasping yeah. to become gods and it's like yeah you even no matter how altruistic someone is that's not the person that you want to be god uh-huh. you want it to be somebody who doesn't want it yeah with the grip of humanity yeah. you know and it's like yeah. it seems like it was kind of like inception right like all these things happen even her even her grandfather at the end was like giving her little bars like you know, he had the power to do a lot of shit, but he didn't really, he could have done more. You know, kind of like, boom, yeah. plant, 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 plant. I love it. Love it. And the, you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, when, I mean, when he's on the pool and he turns to her and he's like, you're going to need to see me doing this later. Yeah. And she's like, okay, so I all- see you. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. So, did the, Eric, the I eggs- wanted to, oh, go ahead. Uh, the eggs start in the first episode, like the eggs yeah. are in. And so that is one of those things that they brought in like that, that echo through like it's they awesome. had in the comics. So they, there's a shot. I think the first time you see Cal, he is breaking eggs into a pan. Ah. So, yeah, nice. nuts. Well, okay. I was going to ask, Eric, did you watching the show and knowing the story? Did you ball like we balled at certain points at any point? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was it was really good, especially the um, um, I mean, the two sort of flashback episodes. So the one about her grandfather, I thought, was was amazing. The way that they told his story through her Mm. was um, I thought like one of the best hours of TV I've seen in a long time. For sure. Um, And. Um, and then, um, when they told her story from her as a little child back in Vietnam, um, that one was also really, I thought really effective, really good episode. So it was, it was emotional and, and I didn't feel as emotional at the finale, like, you know, where it was just kind of like, oh, now we have to have all the big stuff happen, uh, and kind of get through this, all this plot that we've sort of built up so in some ways that didn't have as emotional an impact on me as like the previous episode did but yeah there were tears i also cry very easily uh, yeah. things like this nice. so, me too me too such a prayer <laughs> the supernatural bear was watching something on like you were lounging this morning and i was like let me let me watch these right now this is fresh in my brain and i forgot that i had cried so i'm having my headphones on i'm watching it and he's like why are you crying i'm all the tv show he's like sad or 
or not sad. I was like, right now it's not sad, but it's beautiful. <laughs> <I'm just crying. laughs> He's like, what the hell is happening? But uh, side note, the actress that plays um, young Angela when she's in Vietnam, uh-huh. she's in This Is Us. And also she's, oh. she's a friend of mine's daughter. Her mom's a twin. And we went to oh, elementary wow. school together. Wow. And she That's looks crazy. just like them when, like, she looks just like them when they were, like, in elementary school. So it's it's really kind of freaky, but super cute. Huh. Um, I just I just totally Googled um, and pulled up a, uh, a piece on Watchmen's egg symbolism. And I was just scrolling through it and like, oh, yeah, you're right. He was he was making eggs. They were the eggs were like the smiley face in the bowl. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, they show- yeah. yeah. And, yeah, uh, and isn't that one of the promo things too? Yeah, and like the grandfather in the second episode is eating eggs, and like there's yeah. another point in the episode with the people who are trying to who are infertile. Duh. Yep. And then, mm. but then this one was really funny in episode three, which was she was killed by space junk. <laughs> um, it features um, it features what's her name Jean Jean Smart Jean Smart Jean Smart she's fantastic. Jean Smart tells a joke in when she's in the like call Doctor Manhattan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and one and the punchline is you can't make an omelet without breaking a couple eggs. Oh, there <laughs> right. it is! Ding, ding, ding! And that and like all of that stuff, it, it made me sad that it had been so long since I'd read the comics. But like that was something that I really enjoyed in the comics. Were mm. like it's. If you read, I read the book, um, the sort of collected, and the more you read it, you know, I mean, within reason, probably, but like I read it and then I was like, I got to read this again. And so I went back and I started reading it again. And like, you pick up on so many like little things that are throughout, like, it's very, it's very rich. There's a lot of symbolism. There's a lot of kind of like, it rewards close attention. Mm. Yeah. One of the things, Eric, that you told me about it was, um, and I might be getting this sort of wrong, but in the very middle panel of the book, when you open it up, um, the graphic novel, there, like, I think that the frames on either side are sort of mirror images of the other, and then the, is the entire book have moments of that? Yeah, there are these visual echoes that, that sort of happen that are like that, that are reflected like that throughout the entire thing. So there's even certain um, panels where the where the layout of where the characters are and things like that um, echoes through, and then they become mirrored. And yeah, that that it's this weird little um, trick there. Um, wow. But you can throw in a lot of things like that, and and some of that is just sort of gimmickry. But I think that when you can kind of take it and make it meaningful and relate it to to what you're trying to do with like the thing as a whole, that that's when it's you know when it works the best. And so that's why it's like, yeah, they could have been throwing so much stuff into this TV show. Like they could have filled this thing with just fan service from the bottom yeah. of the top. There's plenty of fan service in here. Like there's, you know, so that there's none missing. But they could have just like made the whole thing almost about that. About oh, here's all these things that you remember, and here's something that only the deep nerds are going to get. Yeah. And and I was looking for a lot of that stuff, but 
you know, there's some of that in there, but it's not really what it's about. So if they're going to do something like the eggs, it's like there was a there was a reason for that, and yeah. and there's a payoff for it. Well, there there was one sort of mirror imagey thing that uh, that I did notice, and I was like, I got to mention this to Eric, and that is, I think it was in the first or second episode, there was um, a movie, a TV show. And it's like um, a redux of like, I don't know if it was the Minutemen, but like it's the scene in the grocery store where um, it's like super ultra violent and he and the vigilante takes down the people who are trying to hold up the store Mm -hmm. and then cut to the episode that's her reliving her grandfather's memories. It's him in in that. And there's the and there's the identical scene of somebody like going out through the front window of the store. It's just that one of them was in color and this one was in black and white. And I was like, Oh, so smart. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> there's probably, I mean, there's probably like a lot of stuff in there there's that, probably I, a that lot I missed. Of <laughs> and there's probably a lot of things I missed because I was looking for something else, you know, um, where I was like looking, you know, you can spend so long trying to, to, to figure all those things out. And I'm sure there's plenty of, of blogs that are like still sort of, you know, analyzing all those little details. Um, and you could spend so much time obsessing about that, that you kind of miss a lot too at the same time. So uh, yeah, eventually I will go back and watch it again. I'm not quite there yet, but, but yeah, it's going to happen. And I think, I think your point about it, like it was, it rewards people who are familiar with the source material, but it obviously stands on its own as something that's riveting to people who are like, I don't know anything about the source material. This is just good. And I think that's, that's to their credit because they totally like, they could have made it so like fanboy and like everyone would have been like, it's so great. Although it's the internet, everyone would have been like, it still sucks. Yeah. They They tried to create something new and totally different. And, you know, it, it makes comments on society in different ways, but still very like pointed comments about society that it did in the original material about racism and like trauma and yeah. politics, um, so and and I like correct me if I'm wrong, but like the Seventh Cavalry really sort of fundamentally misunderstood a lot of what Rorschach was about, right? <laughs> I mean, yes, in, in a lot of ways, but but Rorschach himself was sort of this. You know that combination of of right wing um, libertarian values. You know he would be one of these guys who who would be like really doubting that the coronavirus was real. You know, oh, um, and, and and thinking like, oh, the government is obviously up to something here. You know, he was that kind of guy, um, the the anti anti hero. Um, so, <laughs> you know, yeah, of course they get it wrong, but those people always get things wrong you know it's like every time somebody says because the founding fathers it's like no nah, you're getting that wrong you know yeah. um, um so yeah. i think it, it kind of fit um there were a couple of things that i don't know if they were loose ends or if i just missed something that two things made me crazy one was silver lube guy yeah who is that dude what happened to silver <laughs> lube guy um that was agent pd who's that Who's that? FBI um, dude? Agent, a, the FBI guy that Lori Blake, uh, who's assigned to her when they go. Yeah. Oh, um, he, 
He so I think this is something that's basically revealed in the Pedipedia files that were on HBO, which is sort of like this corollary um, website that they set up that exists. It's basically Agent Petey's notes that he's taking and these reports he's submitting to the FBI throughout this whole thing. And it sort of takes the place. So in the graphic novel, there's all these um, there's all these text pieces from excerpts from fictional books and then also FBI documents and police reports and things like that that kind of supplement the, the comics. And so that's what the PDPedia was doing for the HBO show. And at the very end, what you see is a memo from the FBI saying that he's been relieved of all of his duties and saying that they found like basically gallons of lube in his <laughs> desk or something like that. So they totally out him as being that guy. Oh. Well, that makes sense because when I Google PDPedia, the second result is PDPedia lube. <laughs> there you go. Um, okay, that great. That is a question answered. Um, here's my other one. Why was grandfather not in a wheelchair at the end? Mm. I don't know. Um, you know, did homegirl do something to her? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I mean, he was yeah, like did did was he faking it when he was in the wheelchair in the beginning? So there's there's a lot of weirdness there because you don't really know what he in true sort of had, had done because it's like, how is this guy like 120 years old? You know, um, um, he doesn't have superpowers that we're aware of. And yet he's in really good health for being more than a century old. And, um, is it just like a weird plot device that they came up with to connect it back to 1921, you know, to connect it back to the Greenwood massacre? Um, did they have to like kind of stretch something there and they were just like, it's the watchman. It's like, it's like the elephant. It's like, yeah. the elephant. Oh, yeah. It's like, is this a thing that they just didn't get to or that they edited out? I don't know. But, um, but there was a lot about him that was still sort of up in the air. I thought by the end, like what he had been up to. I thought she had, I thought she had done something to him. Like, as a thank you for giving up homeboy. Right. Like, you know, in her lab, gave him uh, something. Uh, okay, that's a that's a good idea. What was her name? Trian? Lady True? Lady yeah, True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, true. She was an interesting character. Yeah. I thought that, initially, I thought that she might have been, like, a Vite, like, robot clone or something like that. Like... <laughs> Because I thought, like, who is continuing his work in the real world? And it kind of seemed like she was, and she actually was. Yeah. Uh, but I thought that somehow she might actually be an extension of him in the beginning, um, which is true. But like a lot of things with this, it's like I was kind of right, but not in the way that I thought. <laughs> it was. So, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Um, <laughs> Huh. Were there, did you guys have any other, did you guys have any WTFs that stuck with you? God, I'm so excited. Now I know the answer to lube guy. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> that really so bothered me. So Petey. Huh? Um, yep. It, I'm also watching Legion right now, which yep. also is Jean Smart. Oh. Yeah. She's like in everything. She's- She's amazing. And I think it goes back to the first season of Fargo. 
um, was kind of like her Pulp Fiction moment, her Bruce Willis Pulp Fiction moment, maybe, was was the first season of Fargo because the creator of that, Noah Hawley, is the guy who also did Legion. And I think yeah. her being in Legion probably had a lot to do with her winding up on Watchmen because she's uh, she's so far beyond des- designing women at this point. That, um, <laughs> it's crazy that she's been, she was on Designing Women. That's crazy. I know. I know. She seemed old to me when yeah, I was Yeah, back then. Totally. And I'm like, she must. She was certainly younger than I am now. I'm just sure. Look, we just looked older back then. I know. It was the shoulder plaids. <laughs> <laughs> but watching um, the last two episodes again, I was just like, God, this is amazing. The crying, this, the like, the humanity and stuff that you were talking about. And then when I watched, rewatched it, and then I was like, Oh yeah, I remember. I was a couple of things. When they were airing, when um, after uh, A God Walks Into a Bar airs, then people are like, oh, my God, the poster for the show, it's blue because she's looking at him. Everyone's going crazy. <laughs> like, it was a blue light. And I was like, oh, my God. And then another thing is when I watched it, I, I remember I tweeted this line. I wrote it in my phone. I write quotes, you know, that really speak to me when um, her grandfather says, you can't heal under a mask, Angela. Moons need air. And I was just like, <laughs> love it. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, so good. Yeah. yeah, it was really interesting. And, you know, I was um, I found out that uh, they weren't going to do um, that. That was it. It was a one and done series, at least for the indefinite future. Um, and I was like, oh man, that's a bummer. But now that I've seen the whole thing, I feel like I like it like that. Yeah, me too. I, like, I don't need to see what I she does. I don't need more of this story. And no. I mean, maybe in some other time, in some other place, there's a different story to tell, but yeah, this one, this one was good. Yeah. I feel like she'll be good. She's I think it's one of those, I think it's one of those things that, that. Um, Lindelof basically said he doesn't have a story like and he would have to have a story like that's the the only reason he did this one. Apparently, HBO had asked him like three times already to do it was that he um, he all of a sudden had to uh, had to narrate his his burgeoning wokeness um, as as, you know, (laughs) as an as a privileged white man living in our culture today. um, He had to he had to work some shit out. and I think that's a lot of what this series is, um, in a sensitive, thoughtful way. Yeah. Um, and he hi- he hired very well. Uh, also, yes. I thought that was really important that that he hired a really you know good, probably the right group of writers and directors to, to pull this together. But so they had asked him to do it several times, and it was only when he really had a story that he wanted to tell this way that he accepted it. And so I think it's one of those things that it's like in a few years you could you could just kind of like. Oh wait a minute! You know the world is in a different place, and he's had some sort of spark of inspiration. HBO would probably let him do it whenever he wanted oh, to. Oh, for fucking um, sure, and I'll be there. Yeah, totally, yeah, I'll be there too. Because <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen. I, and in there this have world. been times like there have been series like. Um, I think Fleabag after the first season of that, I was like, good, done. I don't need any more of this. Then they did another one, and I was like, oh, it was so good. And You're then I watched it right after so, again. I needed Hot Priest. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know, I didn't know that I needed him. Like, I already loved him as, what was his name, Moriarty? 
on uh-huh. Sherlock. Yeah. Like, I uh-huh. already loved him, and I don't give a fuck that he's gay. Like, I still love him in that way, in a, in a <laughs> non-gay way. And then with this, I was like, I'll try to turn you. I don't care. Like, <laughs> yeah, so good. Have you guys watched the, have you guys rented the, her one, her show, her Fleabag show? I, no. She released it to raise money during this time. Um, so it's on my list. I'm going to try maybe five times this weekend. Yeah. So she said, she's like, she, she made an announcement. And she's like, you know, sorry for those who thought that watching me live do it. Cause I said it was the last time and no one else would ever see it. Like this is special for you. She's like, sorry, but you know, this is like the new, we were doing this for charity. So it's, uh, available. I think Amazon and maybe a couple of other places, Amazon prime to rent. And that money goes to a good cause. So I was like, hell yeah. I want to see that. I want to see her one woman, uh, flea bag show. Uh, I guess I know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> um, I, we can come back to the Watchmen, but Ritzy, I know that you have a limited amount of time and I have yeah. at least one other fandom that I need to get Eric on the record about. Let's do it. Um, okay. Okay, so as um, uh, Ritzy is is training her um, child to be um, a good Star Wars nerd, and as a aspiring good Star Wars nerd, like I've obviously seen all the movies, but I start to get very mixed up with the different like animated properties. Can you break this down for me? I there's well, I was gonna say I saw your I saw your Facebook post this morning. But there's actually ask. There's actually, I think, three main ones now, if you don't count the the Lego series, um, which would be Clone Wars, which was the first one. And Clone Wars takes place between episodes two and three. Um, So it's basically uh, what happens leading up to Anakin becoming Darth Darth Vader. Um, And then there's Star Wars Rebels, which takes place right before episode four, between three and four. Um, And... I was not a Clone Wars fan. That that actually goes back like 10 years when it originally started. And I thought it was a little juvenile and I didn't like the animation at first. And apparently a lot of people had those problems and it gets much better. And so when Mandalorian came out, I went back and watched a bunch of Clone Wars because there's all this background stuff on Mandalorians and the planet Mandalore and stuff that happens. And I totally got into it and wound up watching the whole series. And now they're doing like one final uh, season right now. And I think it's great. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, Star Wars Rebels, which was um, a series that kind of only it basically is about this group at the very beginning of the rebellion as it's taking shape. So they're sort of um, uh, they're sort of in some ways uh, galactic terrorists, but uh, but they're the good guys um, and they're doing spy missions and things like that as, you know, as all these things are starting to come together that become the rebellion uh, sort of parallel to, I guess, Rogue One time period a little bit, mm-hmm. but also um, like um, a Jedi who went missing after they killed all the Jedis, the mm-hmm. Jedis who are still out there, they're just hiding out. Um Okay. Hello? Noda, we're like two left, and apparently I think we're up to like a dozen or something like that that are wandering around. It's a big galaxy. I mean, so some of them were just like <laughs> hiding out or, or whatever. Um, 
but uh, yeah, I really love that series a lot too, and, and it's got some got some great moments in them. And those series are both done by Dave Filoni, who's um, the co showrunner on Mandalorian, and uh-huh. so there's a lot of things that tie into Mandalorian uh, from there. Uh, and there's some character echoes. The uh, the big reveal at the end of Mandalorian means a lot more if you watch Star Wars Rebel because oh, really? you know what that crazy dark saber is all about. Um, so oh, okay. yeah, there's a lot of stuff that ties in there. I, I think so. The reason why I have to I'm on limited time schedule is because we're gonna watch Empire Strikes Back. We watch he watched Star Wars for the Ooh. first time. And, but like he know he I mean since since the womb he knows like. He has Star Wars memorabilia. He has, but he has no idea. And so I was like, I needed him to be at a certain age to to understand it. And so we watched it. And I, and, and he has a rule: can't have any electronics. But I was like, I need my phone because I wanted it like documented, right? And then he loved it, and he like cheered when uh, Chewie came on, and like you know, stuff, and all the stuff. He brought his. Um, um, R2-D2 luggage and like like he just had all the props or whatever and then you know he watched it he loved it and then at dinner hours later he said um why did Chewie get a medal and I was like ah oh, you passed the test you passed the test <laughs> and so what order are you showing them to him are you showing them the order they came out yeah I was it, it took it I was debating on what to do, but I felt like this was the best way because the other way he he would know the big reveal that he's about to have today, right? So right. I was like, I want him to, you know, uh, so yeah, so awful. I'm going to record it today. I'm so excited. I hope he, like, does it. He's <laughs> like, why is she recording me? Like, what's about to happen? Like, I hope, you know, I hope it goes yeah. as smooth as I hope it goes. So Be cool. Be cool. Be cool. Be cool, man. Um, but that's great to know. Thank you so much about I'm so that. excited. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, it's great to know about the animated series because I, 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 we stopped watching Lego Masters because they were doing the Lego challenge. And I was like, I don't know. Will Arnett might do some I'm your father jokes. And we can't have that shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so I've been telling all my friends, like, oh, he's about to. And they're like, oh, but, you know, he knows the, the surprise. I was like, he has no fucking idea. No. He has none. I was like, I, I tell him to not talk to his friends about Star Wars. Like, I tell him, like, to avoid it. Like, I was like, oh, they've seen it. I go, don't talk to him. And then the other day I heard him say, something, something Star Wars. And I came in. I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, don't talk about. I was like, wait till next Saturday and you could talk about Star Wars. So, so yeah, I wanted, I, don't, I didn't want him to watch anything. Um, he wanted to watch The Mandalorian because he saw a little snippet of me watching it. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. I was like, soon, like, you'll be able to, we can watch it. Because right, Mandalorian's <laughs> like, now, right? Like, after he watched Star Wars, it's now? Or during the New it's, Hope? It's, um, it's, after, it's after Jedi. So it's oh, after, after Jedi. it's between, okay. yeah. Okay, so after Jedi, we'll start that. Um, yeah, and then, and then we can get into, I'll follow, now that I know the timelines for the animated series. I'm excited because I could watch it with him, you know? <laughs> So the, um, the Clone Wars the, the, does a much better job of the movies of sort of uh, dramatizing Anakin's turn to the dark side. Like mm. he goes through all these emotional events and so on. So I watched episode three again at some point and it was like just shocked at how terrible it is <laughs> compared to like the animated series. It's like they really build up this case for him uh, turning against the Jedi and all this other stuff. In the movie, it's like, oh, he totally just kind of gets tricked into it and then he gets angry and then she. <laughs> 
dies and he's so pissed off that he goes and kills a bunch of kids. And it's like, oh, (laughs) what a turn. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, dude, yeah. Didn't see that coming. I know. Uh, Okay, good. Well, one of these days when I run out of things to watch on, I don't know, HBO or something, (laughs) then I will cancel HBO and go and watch everything there is to watch on Disney+. Plus. Disney Plus. Oh, right. I can't wait till you watch Mandalorian. So then we could talk. Maybe we could have Eric back on. And we could talk about Mandalorian. Oh, so you've not watched Mandalorian yet? No, and I got so tired of all the Baby Yoda. Enough with Baby Yoda. No, you say that because I was saying that until I watched it. And when you, I was telling, I was telling the Supernatural Bear, I was like, I was like, ah, when you watch it, you're just like this. I can't. It hurts you how cute this fucking little thing is. You're just like, what? The pictures don't do justice. The little if you have gif, it, the gifts don't do justice. Yeah, you okay. think like if you haven't watched it, you think it's like, oh, this is like Ewoks or something. They're just trying to sell no. some toys here. They're just trying to push some merch or something like that. No, Baby Yoda is so much more than that. <laughs> so much right. more. Yeah, so uh, I'm yeah. excited to see how you react. You'll be like, oh, fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure that I'll be like, Aw. it'll be like three years from now and I'll be like, all late. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm all Baby Yoda all the time now, guys. <laughs> Like, I, it, it's he's so cute that I was just like, look at his clothes. <laughs> like, look at the fat, look at the fuzzy. Like, it's just too, I just never felt like that with babies, but Baby Yoda. All Baby day. Yoda. All right. All right. <laughs> um, so, Eric, before we leave, what are you ner- currently nerding out about? Do you recommend anything? Help us out. Um. So I'm having trouble starting anything new right now. For some reason, that just seems daunting. And I, I don't think it, it's got something to do with the quarantine, but I, uh, I'm not doing any therapy right now, so I can't really explain it. It does um, have something to do with So the there's all this, like, <laughs> new stuff right now um, that, that I kind of want to get into that I'm just, like, pushing away and haven't, like devs and that new Amazon series based on the um, based on the paintings. What is that thing called? Um, the sci-fi that? series. Sci-fi yeah, series on something, Amazon. Something the Loop, that one. Yeah, tells tells from the Loop. There we yeah. go. Uh, tells okay. from the Loop. Um, so I'm sort of retreating into things, and I was very grateful that um, a new season of Terrace House came out on Netflix. I don't oh know if you goodness. guys watched oh that. Oh my goodness, Eric! Eric, I want to hug you. Did you finish it? <laughs> Can we talk about this shit real quick before I leave? <laughs> okay. Have you seen every single one available to Americans? No, there's, I think I've got, we've been stretching them out. So I think I've got three episodes left uh, until, until the ending of this latest batch. Oh, this, but you've seen, but, so, but you've seen all the other ones before that. You've seen Hawaii, you've seen Tokyo. Oh, yeah. yes. Everything except for, except for the last three episodes. Oh so, my God. Yes. So, <laughs> What's your overall feeling with Homeboy being gone from the commentators? Oh, man, that's so rough for me. Like, he is so good. And um, that kind of pains me. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with the show now um, with it was sort of this season was supposed to hinge on the Olympics happening. And obviously, like. They're going to be sequestered somehow. The Olympics are not going to happen. I have no idea what they're going to do. Uh, they could put the whole thing on hold for a year. They could just 
kill it at this point. Um, but uh, he's obviously missed from the lineup. Takui-san um, is, um, you know, he brought something to it that that no one else did. They've all sort of got their roles there. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it was kind of shocking. And, of course, I had to Google, like, oh, what happened? The guy Taxes. had tax trouble, which is... <laughs> You it's know, like for reals, dude. Pay your fucking like, shit. <laughs> it's also one of those things that just goes to show how different Japan is from the U.S. It's like if a celebrity here didn't pay their taxes, they wouldn't have to drop out of their show that they were on. Oh, no, like they, no. he paid it. He paid all the fine stuff. There, it's like so shameful that for him oh, to be yeah. on the show, it would seem like he was flaunting what he did. Yeah. Like basically, he's wrong. So he's basically just kind of chilling. Like he's yeah. having to take a break from his career right now and put things on pause because he didn't pay his corporate taxes. Wow. So this is yeah. so for Tia. This is there's commentators for they're they're on every season and they're they go in the beginning, in the middle, and a little bit towards the end, and then it's everyone has a little role. It's uh, two main dudes, one young dude that doesn't really say shit, and then it's uh, three women, and so the guy who did the tax evasion shit. He was like a nice balance. Like he really. And so he's not there this last part. So they release it in sections to the U.S. and stuff. Right. So we see it and it, all this shit had happened. Like I had read about it. I was like, oh, no, is he going to. I didn't think he was going to be off so soon. So when these started, I was yeah. like, oh, he's not there. And so we there's something missing. And then I follow uh, Terrace House um, on Instagram. And then I don't know if you saw that post. And it's just the empty dining table scene and they're like they're like oh you know because of the lockdown and da, 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 da. and I was like oh so sad but yeah it's so good it's so good I've been telling you I've like, been talking oh, about this shit so the whole so time so I don't yeah so when she goes so when, so when I'm watching it and then people come over I'm talking to them on the phone or whatever then they'll be talking and I'll go so so I'll go mm, so 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 I've actually <laughs> I've actually picked up more Japanese watching Terrace House and other Japanese reality shows than I did in decades of watching anime. And I think it's because it's just like they're actually talking like real people. They're they're talking conversationally. It's not about like we need to overpower our emeries yeah. or like we need yeah. to get the we need to get the lasers charged up or whatever. It's not it's all like, dramatic. You know, it's not no. It's like no, they're just talking like regular people. So I've actually picked up a decent, you know, just like little words and expressions yeah. and stuff there just from watching these things. And I was like, how come I never learned anything? I've been watching anime since I was like, you know, 12. <laughs> you consume yeah, this saying, differently. Yeah. yeah. And you're also reading it too. Like, you know, like you're reading it too. Yeah, and that's true. So, yeah. Um, my, uh, a quick story. My, my relative, she lived in Japan for a long time because her husband was stationed out there and they lived amongst the people, not on the base a couple of times. And so I was, we've been telling her like, how come you're not, I mean, her daughter and I have been watching it forever. We're like, why don't you watch? She goes, nah, blah, blah. Then she started watching it. And then she's like remembering all the Japanese. And then, uh, she, she's like, I was like, I've only, I was only in Japan for a month and I want to go back. Like I miss it, especially watching the Tokyo ones. And so now she's all about it, and she's like, Miss, she was gonna, she was supposed to plan a trip to go to Japan this year, but that's not happening. Anymore. Not so much. Yeah. But I was yeah, supposed to go to Japan this year too, so. Oh, nope. so sorry. Was, yeah. Was it your first time, or you've been there before? My first time. <gasps> yeah. Oh, Eric. and it's like, 
a decades long build up. I'm almost like apprehensive about my first time because I'm like, oh, I'm not going to be able to do everything that I want to do and so on. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I was all like, OK, this spring we're finally going to do it. And Eric, didn't happen. Eric, Eric, oh. the only reason why you know me is because when I went to Japan, I was with who's now my husband. I was with him. If I wasn't with him, I would have never came back. I would have been over there. With Mary with Hoppa children and fluent in Japanese, and it would have been a wrap because you're gonna fucking love it, Eric. Like everything you think, it's like that and more. It's amazing. Now I want to go to Japan. (laughs) It's so good. Like, so good. All right, then. Um, Yeah, thank you uh, so much for watching and giving me me a little Terrace House love. Yeah, thank you so much for doing this, Eric. This is great. I'm so glad. I was that honored I to be fun. asked. Thank you for. Uh, it's like, oh my gosh, I have sufficient nerd cred uh, to be to be a special guest. Oh, you have way more nerd cred, my <laughs> way more. Well, thank you. <laughs> All right then, peace All out, right. nerds. Now it's time for so long, but we're going to sing one more song. Thanks for doing your part. You sure are smart. You sure worked hard. When you use your mind, take a step at a time. You can do anything that you want to do. Goodbye, Nerdell fans. It's so long.